0: Welcome back to the Inadvertent Whistle Podcast. This is a special edition podcast. You may have been uh, looking for us or probably not uh, over the past year and and realized that we haven't done uh, many or any episodes. But we found this opportunity to share a story. We we were going through uh, the year trying to figure out when we were going to do another uh, podcast. And today uh, we have a, a special story to share with you guys. And um, I'm just, I'm going to let the story develop itself and let, let you guys sit in on the story and, and Adam, I know that this is something that touched your heart when, when, uh, when we got involved and, and heard about this, but I'd like to let you, uh, introduce our guest today and then I'll, I'll kind of jump in and, and help, uh, help lead the path.
1: Sure. Um, welcome back everybody. I know it's, it's kind of a surprise to hear that I actually have a heart, but yes, this did touch my heart. Which means it was a pretty, pretty deep story for it to get to my heart. Um, you know, one of the things it's today—it's a couple of days before Christmas. Um, we're in the holiday uh, time frame. Everybody's looking for good things um, and good times, and and you know, good celebrations with family and friends. And and we thought it would be great to bring this story to our vast listenership uh, across many continents. Uh, about two officials in our high school association here in Northern Virginia um, who, while they may not be blood related, they are now related. They are family. Uh, we like to talk about our officiating community as family. Um, and so we're, we're blessed to have, uh, in more ways than one, quite honestly, blessed to have uh, Andre Jones with us today. And you'll hear why we're blessed in more ways than one. Uh, and Isaac Baumgartner, both of whom are excellent on-court officials have both been leaders in our association. Um, But there's a story that now binds the two of them for eternity uh, that you'll hear about more today. And I think will help put everybody in the holiday spirit.
0: Yeah, so look, we've we've had a a tough year in the local community uh, with some some tragic losses in in our basketball community. and you know, most recently, losing our good friend John Costello from Broad Run, and and we <clears throat> we look at uh, just the relationships of basketball. Many of you may or may not be aware of that. I am um, in my real life. I am a pastor, and I also am uh, a chaplain with our uh, association. In, in addition to my role as president, and as a chaplain, you get to hear from time to time that somebody's going through a tough time. Somebody may have lost a loved one. And I remember I got a call one day and it said, hey, did you know that Andre is in the hospital? I said, like, what do you mean he's in the hospital? Like, I just, I just talked to him a couple of days ago. Um, you know, and, and just so people are aware, Andre is the vice president and I'm the president of the association. So we talk a lot. And the the fact that, Andre was taking over as the vice president, which is a role that I was vacating. We talk probably more than most people do. And so I was kind of shocked, like, what are you talking about? So I called Andre on his cell phone and I said, there's a, there's a, a really bad rumor going around that you're in the hospital. And Andre kind of chuckled and he said, yeah, yeah, I'm in here. And I said, well, what, you know, what's going on? And the conversation turned, uh, turn to be a little bit more serious than than just the laughs that we that we normally would have and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring Andre in to kind of let him share what was going on but the the, there was a lot of concern because he had some swelling in his legs that the doctors and nurses uh were really concerned about and it, it it put a lot of fear uh in everybody that was uh you know close to Andre and hearing the news so Andre first of all Thanks for coming on. I know that this has uh, been a long process. We're gonna hear all about this story and we're gonna hear about what it was like for you to be in the hospital you know, first and getting this news. And we'll, we'll, we'll go down this road together today and, and let you and, and, uh, and Isaac share this story. So let's start with that. You were in the hospital, you're, you're, you're finding out you got fluid buildup in your, in your legs. What was that like and what happened next?
2: It, it was just really, like you said, it was, uh, well, first of all, guys, thanks for having me on. And, uh, it's good to see everybody out here again. Um, but, uh, it was really, really bizarre. It was an interesting week for me, uh, that week, uh, I was helping coach my kids, uh, youth track team. And, uh, for some odd reason I just felt extra fatigue and uh, I just thought maybe it was just a hot day or whatever it was, but, uh, couldn't get the giddy up and go. And I just felt he- heavy and sluggish. Um, for a few days, I just sat around and lingered and think about it, but felt more and more pressure building up in my legs. I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe I need to get my fluid drained or whatever it may be. Uh, and finally, I woke up one morning in the middle of the night, and it's like I, I got to go to like an emergency care clinic or something just to get the fluid drained, not knowing what it was. Um, of course, you go online looking at the different web MDs of the myriad of things that it could possibly be, from this to that to oh, it could just be, you know, you do this to, you could have a serious issue. And I'm just like, all right, well, I'm in decent shape. I referee, I run, I do this, you know, it can't be this, but uh, it got to the point in one night, I just woke up probably like three in the morning where the pain was just unbearable. And uh, got to the point, I, I couldn't even put on shoes. I mean, I literally walked out in sweatpants <laughs> and a t-shirt and sandals. And I was like, all right, I just got to get in my car and, I went to a local uh, hospital and uh, they hooked me up. And they said, hey, your blood pressure is through the roof. I'm like, whatever. No way. It's was like, no, your blood pressure is 210 over 165. And that was shocking hearing that. And I was like, okay, uh, well, what is it? And they're like, do you feel any pain or pressure or this? I said, I feel fine. But uh, they transferred me from one and they took me to the uh, cardiac ICU at Inova in Fairfax and they got in there right away. They're like, this ain't good. And they're running all kinds of tests, They're looking at blood. And I'm like, my wife's like, Hey, where are you? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm Not into the emergency room, dear. I didn't want to wake you before I left, but, uh, I didn't think the severity was that. And I'm like, I don't want to alarm people. Let's just find out what it's going to be. And, uh, doctors came in and they're like, you realize you're 45 pounds heavier than you typically are. I said, I never thought to weigh myself. And they said, hey, your kidneys aren't working. I'm like, what are you talking about? (laughs) And uh, they ran tests and I was functioning at 2% functionality with my kidneys at the time when they ran that test. So that was like a shock and awe for me, like, holy moly. And uh, they got in there right away and tried to give me diuretics and try to take it off naturally, not realizing how the severity was. So uh, from going into the emergency room at 3.30 in the morning to be hooked up to all kind of gadget gizmos and devices to figure out how to, you know, in essence, keep my life going to save my life. It was pretty, pretty drastic to really take that in and digest. Uh, They ended up having me take a uh, emergency surgery to uh, get me a catheter to get me hooked up to dialysis because I was not flushing out enough fluid in my body at a fast enough rate. And they were really concerned that my heart was going to actually just... Give out in a sense, so it's a lot of monitoring. It was a uh, I remember going in on a Friday. It was a tough weekend getting through that, and like you said, I think we spoke on a Sunday evening. Scott, they finally gave me my phone back, so I was just contacting folks. And I think, like you said, uh, you sent an email about some training stuff that we're looking at, and <laughs> say I'm not going to make it because uh, I'm in the hospital. And he was like, "Okay, I guess the rumors are true," and that's when we had that conversation. And uh, you know, it was a pretty intense two and a half weeks uh, being in the ICU. Um, not necessarily touch and go, but it's just like, wow. Um, this is the first real obstacle I felt like I was not in control of and uh, didn't know what the future was going to look like. You know, what was life going to be like having kidney failure, stage five kidney failure? Um, what it can and cannot do, all the uncertainties. Um, you know, you had plans of can't wait for the season to like, I don't know what this next week's gonna look like. And uh it really, really set in. And then it was truly like humbling because like for so long you felt like you had to be Superman, the uh, invincible or be all do all. And now it's like, wow, you know, you kind of feel like the shell of yourself to a degree where you're trying to make your health the focal point in a sense. So there were some mental challenges, just really digesting that and coming up with a recovery plan. But like you said, through a lot of prayer, a lot of consultation, uh text messages, phone calls, emails. That really was a, a, a boost I really needed. And it really came from the officiating referee community. Um, I got fraternity brothers. I got classmates from college. I mean, but without question, the most outreach and support I received during that time period was from my, our officiating brethren. And, and and it's just, I can't say enough. I mean, I'm, my wife was blown away by the outreach Um, my my parents were blown away by the outreach where my phone was going off saying hey we're praying for you or wishing for you hoping to speedy recovery and uh it's beyond the stripes and I think like you said outside this community people don't realize how much this means to us or how much we dedicate it to us um but uh it was just pretty fascinating um you know starting dialysis um people like you're crazy but we'd have board meetings and this and I'm sitting there in the dialysis center, hooked up to a machine, just wanting to be a part of my, my officiating brothers and sisters. Because um, if I'm not on the court, I'm watching the video, or how can I help the next person up, people who helped me um, with this profession and how I gotten so far and what we were trying to do. So you're connected. And uh, just that outreach, that love, that pouring is just
0: more than enough. So, you know, that, that point. I was going to say, let's let's pause there just to also give you a chance to catch your breath (laughs) because there's so much to tell here. And I want to make sure we don't, we don't miss anything. Um, The importance of, of the outpouring, I, you know, I can relate to this, you know, a couple years ago, before they had the vaccine, I uh, contracted uh, COVID and had it really bad. And then um, then Michelle had it and then uh, we all went downhill from there. And so we had nobody, cooking meals, and one of the officials in our association association set up, uh, you know, a meal train. And so we set up a meal train for you during this time, just because we just didn't know, like, what was happening. And, and I think that that right there is, um, you know, and and I'm I'm sure you want to maybe, you know, share the same kind of uh, appreciation that I had. Um, the amount of of just love and support the gift cards the 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 meals that came in um, and i will tell you it wasn't all just officials there were um, some coaches um that yeah. were involved i know i had some coaches that had heard that you were not not doing uh well and wanted to to get involved as well so so i just i wanted to stop there just to, to tell people that um that those you may not have always uh, been able to, to, to thank everybody um, that you wanted to, but it was really important for, for me. And I know it was important for you and your family to, you know, have the meals come in just to be able to take that one thing off the table.
2: Yeah, no, I mean, you're a hundred percent right, Scott. I mean, it was truly a godsend um, and it really was touching because you, sometimes you just go, go, go. And you don't realize, how much you mean to others and they mean to you. And um, I want to say you guys sent out, set up the meal train and every spot was filled for that. My family was blown away. Like, Oh my God, we're we going to do for meals and said, Hey, we have this set up. They're taking care of us. They're considerate. I mean, from dietary restrictions to this, to what do they want? And it was just my, my kids were like, what are you part of? Like, how do you have so many friends? And they're not my friends. These are my brothers and sisters. Um, and it was a great opportunity to introduce and merge those worlds together. But just, you know, it was so humili- I mean, uh, 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 so humbling to be able to have that outreach and people showing that they care and just uh, motivation to keep going. You know, sometimes you're adjusting to the changes that are going with your body in a sense. And uh, those little outreach, the drop off of the porch, the wave because it's during COVID as well too. but having those 12- foot conversations from afar uh, meant so much. Um, and then find out we really got some people in here that can just throw down a cook. I mean <laughs> we got back <support laughs> like, wow, like um, it's just pretty amazing, but it's it's it, like I said, it's just so humbling and appreciative for every thought, every prayer, every meal, every card, every text, you know it just, it, those were motivating factors to keep going. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I was said I was, was juggling Carl Armstrong. You know, I'll probably end up dying on the basketball court. But you know what? <laughs> you know, I'm just like, why do we keep doing what we're doing? It's people like that that make it special. And, you know, you can never cut yourself off from that and, and just being connected eternally with those people that wear those stripes. Um, I can't say much more. I mean, it's just awe-inspiring.
1: So it, it is is inspiring. <clears throat> and I think if and most people will probably think, well, the story ends there. But we're probably only about halfway through the story um, <laughs> with the support and the love and the and the connectivity that that at least in our officiating world that there is. Um, and, you know, and we've seen it time and time again <clears throat> where our association steps up to the plate, no pun intended, about meals. But steps up to the plate to help out families in need. We had an official a couple of years ago, his house burned down. There are all count, countless things that, that the group does. And I'm sure there are a lot of other, you know, tight-knit groups like this around the country. Um, but this gentleman, and the other gentleman we have on here, Isaac Baumgartner, took it to a new level. And uh, Isaac, why don't you start and tell us about your half of the story?
3: I guess my half of the story kind of picks up I guess maybe about 12 months after um, Andre's does. Um, I look back at my schedule. It was December 27th, 2021. Um, Andre and I were working at a holiday tournament at Falls Church High School. Um, I was trying to get off some extra pounds from the holidays. Um, and so I, during that little 10, 15 minutes before the game, you know, we were just talking and I was catching up with him, asking how he was feeling. And I was happy to see him back in the court. And I honestly did not know um, the extent of his health issue. I just knew he had some health concerns um, the year before. Um, come to find out that he might have had a possible match, like maybe a month or two before that kind of fell through. And he was a little down about that and I was, you know, worried about his health, um, making sure that we were able to get through the game. I mean, honestly, I was asking that for selfish reasons, like, are we going to be okay today? Um, but he, and he told me the story about, you know, his kidney and he was on the the um, the organ transplant list. And I'd had a couple of friends who had been on the organ transplant plant list. And I was like, wait, wait why am I not doing this? What can I do to help out? And I remember going home that night. I think it was that night. It could have been the next day. Um, I was watching the ACC network, watching some basketball. And I there was a, a commercial that came on, you know, encouraging people to think about being um, a living donor. And I said, wait, why, why am I getting this? It was already on my mind. Like, what can I do? Um, So we did some research. I reached out to Andre, just tried to be sly about it. It's like, hey, what what hospital are you going through? And so basically I figured out um, how to put in my information through the Inova, I think, uh, transplant team. And then I tried to be radio silent um, from December and um, went through like three months of extensive testing to make sure that I was going to be a match. And um, lo and behold, I was, and um, so it, I found out right before, right at the end of the postseason, found out, and it was um, maybe a couple weeks, bef- maybe a, the same week of the um, state tournament, um, found out was. that I actually wasn't I
1: remember standing with you after the game we worked down in Richmond. Remember, we were standing outside the yes. restaurant. It was opening at five o'clock and you were pacing like a, a wild tiger. And, and you said, yes. uh, couldn't hold it in. I couldn't hold it. He goes, Adam, I need to share something with you that I haven't shared with anybody outside. I, I got to share this with you. but you, you, just, you just can't tell anybody else. I'm like, OK, hey, Isaac, did you win the lottery? Am I going to get some money here? What, what's the story? And it was actually better than winning the lottery. He told me that I think you were waiting. I'm going to find out the next day, but it was looking like it was going to be a match and you were waiting right. for the final conclusive test. And so you were, you know,
3: apprehensive yet pumped at the same time. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, doing the research, I mean, it helped out a lot and talking to a lot of doctors Um, and then realizing that my life really wasn't going to change dramatically because I was a donor. Um, And. You know, I had the support of my family. had the support of the referee community. Actually, I wasn't even worried about the support from my referee community. I, that wasn't, I had the support of my family. Um, I had the support of my friends and I knew my my wife could could hold it down. And that's all I was really worried about. And um, the referee said, you know, what can we do? And I was like, I, you know, I've got this. Um, and I knew that, I knew that God had me. So... We decided that, so that was like March of 2022. Um, we did that. And then we, in July, um, we could have done it then. Like I had reached out to Andre and said, Hey, are, can we wait a couple months or, you know, do we need to do this now? And he was like, well, it's probably going to be best for our work and family schedules if we wait until July. And so we found a date in July that worked for both of our schedules and I just took a couple weeks off and, um, Got the procedure done, and again, um, the outpouring of support from the referee community was amazing. Yeah. Uh, wow. Still have, I still have money. I gave gift cards to, don't tell anybody, but I gave gift cards to my daughter. You know, while she is in college, so she used some of it. Um, I was getting gas cards from other people, like just giving those. I couldn't do any. I couldn't. There was so much support, I had to give it away to other people. Um, and, I think and, I'm still and, eating off of some of the Grubhub money, and,
1: and the way you say it, like you know, Andre and I were, we you know, we got, we had to find a date in our schedule. If like, you're looking for a meeting,
0: yeah, yes, so kind of a, a what matter of
1: factness here, of like, yeah, we're going to schedule
3: a meeting. Yeah, that so, that's that's the way it was. Um, so I mean, it helps. So at that point, you know, my daughter was uh, finished up her freshman year at. Tech, and my son is a junior and Andre has small children um, that needs taxi service. And so it was just going to be easiest if we wait until the summer.
2: Yeah. And yeah, my wife's a teacher as well, too. So, I mean, it's like it worked out where she has the summer off. So she was able to support and get the infrastructure in place for that. So it's kind of kind of crazy. And it's it's just weird as a small enough world because Isaac transitioned to a new role in this profession and my daughter was playing basketball. And her basketball coach happens to be Westfield's head coach for the women's team. So for the summer, her AU coach was that. She's like, "Hey, how come you can't do this, this, and that?" I was like, "Well, we got states that are uh, kind of committal for for some other activities." And she's like, "I was like, but you might, you know, I'm getting a kidney transplant, but you might know my my donor." <laughs> she's like, "What?" I was like, "Yeah, it's Isaac Baumgartner." Well, not my Isaac. It's like, "Yeah, Isaac Baumgartner." It's like no way and it's like it's just a small world how we're all connecting in this community I mean God puts us in places for reasons we may not understand but it's just amazing how it just comes together in the grand scheme um but uh just that outpouring outreach and you know like you said this bond and families forever I mean it's just it's just great um I remember like you said post-surgery you know definitely meeting Isaac's family and the kids coming in playing games and stuff like that. It's just really, really special to be able to enhance the bonds. I mean, guys, we've known each other for over 15 plus years and run around in different circles and never a thunk in a million years that uh, we'd ever be connected in this capacity this way, but uh, you know, truly value your friendship. Uh, Love running on the court with you. (laughs) And uh, I guess I got a kidney here. That's going to keep us connected here for, for, for for years and years to come. So
0: Yeah, yeah. Special bond. Special bomb for sure, andre i want to I want to just backtrack for a minute because one of the things that I think is really important is you, you find out you need a transplant, um, you realize that you know hey, that's tough news to begin with, but there's a path, right? and you're excited that, okay, we, at least we have a path. yeah, and then you have a you have a donor and everything's matching, everything looks great, and then that falls through. yeah that
2: uh, was a tough one with COVID going on and uh, someone reached out and ended up being a match, you know, and uh, like you said, he did not want to get vaccinated. And, uh, we tried every angle, whether it was this hospital system or another, and uh, just for my liability purpose, they did not want to run that risk with that. So pretty much my name went back into the donor pool since um, uh, he did not want to get that vaccination. And You know, no harm. I'm like, hey, you're volunteering to save a life, (laughs) you know, with this. But everyone has a different meaning for what it what 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 means more to them in that sense. And, you know, it was just, you know, trust in God, you know, um, still stay at it. You know, you know, we might not always know what we want or need at the time, but there's a plan. And, um, you know, I'm glad it really came to fruition in that sense. It was just very, very motivating to keep fighting, to keep going. Talking with some people in dialysis centers and say, hey, it's natural. So you really get a feel for that. And just like, you know what? If they can go through this, and I'm fortunate. I mean, I was only on dialysis for just under two years. You know, I, there's friends I have now that have been going on seven, eight, 10 years on, on the transplant list. So I, I thank God every day that I was fortunate to be able to have this opportunity come to me in that sense um a lot sooner than some of the other people are struggling with
1: and you guys wouldn't mind would you would you be willing to share with us what that conversation was like Isaac and and Andre when Isaac you
3: shared with him the news that you were a match and that you were (laughs) going to donate yeah so um like I said I was kind of radio silent from um December until about March um just I didn't want to I didn't want to put Andre through the same thing he had just gone through, um, of thinking that he had a match, thinking they had a donor, everything was going to be great. And then it fall through at the end. And like I say, there was three months of, of testing. Um, and I don't remember what the last test was, you know, they took a lot of blood, make sure that was a, you know, a match for blood. Um, they tested my urine. They did, um, Psychological test, and fortunately, I passed that. I don't know how I passed that test. Um, and then uh, they took X-rays of the chest uh, of the kidney, um, and making sure that you know I, everything was going to be good, and that you know it was going to be as uneventful as possible of a of a procedure. And when I got that last, when I got the last test done. Um, I think that like you said Andre uh, Adam um I think they had to like maybe go through and get the final they met on like Wednesdays or something it might have been a Friday when I called him I said Andre are you ready um to do are you ready to get the tr- get the kidney and he said yes let's do it let's do it you know he was ready to do it right then and I was like hey well um I think we're we're going to be good um we'll and then we basically set up a meeting, as, as you rightfully um, <laughs> called it. Adam. I don't know if you remember something different, Andre, like what I left that's, out. That's pretty accurate for the most part. You text me
2: like, hey, uh, can you chat? I'm like, yeah, yeah whatever. <laughs> so then he dropped the news. It's like, hey, uh, came back. I'm a match. Are you ready to do this? I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you know, let me so you. at yeah. what
1: point, Andre, did you know that he was being tested to see if he was a match?
2: Or did you not know like, at all? I didn't know. I mean, like you said, he had reached out to me. It's like, okay, what center are you in? And who's this? And what do you do that? And I had a number of people did the same thing. You know, a lot of officials done that, some family friends, you know, so it's just like, here's the information, here's stuff here. Here's some more information. So I didn't really register or think anything of it because those people like, Hey, reaching out, what do I need to do and that? So it's just not like it's routine, but it's just provide the information fingers crossed, hope something may come through and advocate in that sense. And, uh, I didn't realize, like you said, we had the game in December and, you know, we had some calls and texts throughout the way, throughout those few months, but I didn't think anything really come to fruition just yet. (laughs) When he hit me with that, it was like, Whoa, this is amazing. (laughs) You know, this is awesome. And it's like, like, how you said, it's like, well, do I tell anybody, Do do I wait how far along this and that? And then, You know, the transplant center said, okay, yeah, he is your match. He's aligned. It's like, okay, we're moving you forward. I'm like, oh, this is another big step. So that's when the the exhaustive testing went through, tissue samples, you know, urinalysis, you know, it's just week in, week out. And, you know, now you're in the ancillary, like, I need to be in a bubble. Like, yeah, I want to be here, but I don't want to get sick or catch COVID, which is going to postpone something. So it's like, you're like a final countdown. Can't wait to get there. And it's just but it was certainly worth it. I mean, I, and I love, I, I love our officiating community because, you know, I try and show up at the gym they're like, what are you doing here? You got surgery in a couple of weeks. Like, just go home. But like, Hey, I just want to watch a game or want to do an evaluation or something along those lines. So, um, but I mean, just show all the love and care that everybody else displayed and uh, so inspiring. Andre, so huh? Isaac,
1: oh, so hold on a second. So Isaac, you're sitting there after working a, a holiday tournament with Andre you're thinking about it and then this commercial comes on tv what what goes through your mind when that commercial hits the tv
3: um I think both things uh I think two things um I think the the first thing that comes on that, that I think about is um well God are you trying to give me a sign um and I, I, I was and I, I think Yes. And I think that God was going to, but I'm also a little bit cynical. Um, like, wait, have, has this commercial been on like a dozen times before and I just didn't pay attention. Like I'm also kind of mathematical in that, in that thinking. Like you wait, don't you were mathematical recognize in thinking? things I find until, that
1: hard to believe um, that you were mathematical in thinking.
3: Yeah. You don't recognize things until they're brought to your attention. So when things come to the forefront of your mind, it's like, Oh, well maybe it's been there all along. And I just was too dumb to recognize it. Um, and so I, I I think it's it's a combination of both, and you know I'll I'll leave it up to the listeners to decide like which one it was.
0: I um so Andre, did, when you were going to some of these gyms, I would get phone calls from <laughs> from some of our members. Some of them would be saying, "Why is Andre going to a gym? You have to ban him from going <laughs> out in public because he's you know he's not doing well and he's going to have this transplant." Um and not everybody knew that you were having a transplant. There are a couple of our closer friends, yeah. Um, Marvin Dawkins is as one that was like, you, you know, you tell him he's not allowed in the gym. <laughs> but then I would have some other uh officials uh why are you why are you handling Andre's duties? This isn't fair. Andre's worked hard to, I'm like I'm like I, I appreciate your your care for Andre. Um, but Andre's going through some some, some medical uh, situations right now that I, I can't get into specifics of, but trust me, Andre is aware of it. If you, if you really are concerned, call Andre and ask him if he's okay with what we're doing. So, um, I just, I, and the reason I share it is because it just shows how, how, uh, deeply people get connected and, and how they care for each other. Yeah. Um, so I want to, I want to, I want to come up to the time where you're getting ready to go to the, uh, to the hospital. Now you're going to have the surgery, the, the, the days before the days after the weeks after, and then we will spend a little bit more time with you after this, just to talk about where you're at today. But for both of you, I don't know who wants to start, but what was it like a couple of days before? And then obviously, you know, going through the process and being in the hospital for a couple of days and then whoever wants to start, go ahead.
2: Yeah, I remember, like you said, we're still doing final testing and stuff like that. Nature. So we were like texting, calling, comparing notes on like schedules, like, oh, you need to go to this floor for radiology or this, this, that, or did you get this? You know, so it's kind of like, it's almost like being a kid at Christmas time. Like, I can't wait, can't wait, can't wait. That anxiety and how you feeling, how you holding up? Is everybody squared away? You know, so it was kind of cool just comparing and contrasting notes and course everybody around you is even more antsyer. <laughs> it's like they want everything to be well for you as opposed to like how do you feel like I don't know how to feel but I just gonna go through it and it's cool and it was like you know it did get surreal to like driving up the morning of the surgery of course they want you there at what what was it five in the morning Isaac had to be there uh, but Yeah, at five in the morning pitch black dark <laughs> in the summertime and you know I think my dad took me and he got really emotional. I'm like, "What is your problem? you know you're a retired navy captain, you're a tough guy, you know like that was like the first time I really saw him like, you don't realize what's about to happen to you and I'm like, yeah, I do I mean' he, just like, no, you don't get it, and you know, my grandfather, like you said, had kidney issues and couldn't get a donor and this that, so it was duly emotional for him to have his dad pass from those type of uh from 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 renal failure um and me going through a similar thing, so for uh, him was very that. And I never, I mean, just remember that morning he was just like, oh, "I got, I got I to meet Isaac, and I want to take his family." I'm like, "Dad, it's not a big deal. We're cool. It's this." But um, you didn't realize how much it just meant to you, but also those around you, those loved ones. And uh, you know, like you said, just he told. I, I mean, I remember he came up to Isaac and said, "You know, you know how much this means to my family. Um, the fact that you're doing this, uh, it just." I mean, he was on the brink of crying in that sense. And it was like, uh, I've not seen my father or my family members that be that vulnerable before. And it was um, just amazing to be a witness to that. Um, I guess, like I said, you know, you read the Bible and see these miracles. But, you know, I think this is the closest thing to being witness to a miracle to a sense. And just gave me that type of feeling um, leading up to it. I mean, I don't know, Isaac.
3: Um, Yeah, well, it was similar. I'll I'll take it back just to maybe a couple weeks before, like, um, so my son was playing baseball in uh, Durham, and that's where I'm from. And so, uh, so I was, I was able to go down and I uh, saw my dad and my mom and I, like, in between some of the games, um, you know, my dad and I were sitting on the porch and he hadn't really understood He suffered from Alzheimer's he hadn't understood a lot of what I was saying and we didn't have a lot of conversations but when I told him again that I was going to be given my kidney I don't know I think it I think that was the last thing
1: that he was able to understand <clears throat> That's it's a okay. great thing. That's a great thing for your dad to know, as the last thing he understood what his son was doing. That uh, that that will last with him for an eternity, my friend. Yeah, that is awesome.
0: And uh, <clears throat> and and shortly after. After the transplant, Isaac's father passed away. So to, for him to take that with him into eternity is uh, is just as important. So uh, Andre, I'm going to give Isaac a chance just to regroup. I, I want to ask you now. You know, you're in recovery. Um yeah. Did you feel an instant um, change in health? Was, I, I'm just curious. Was was like? Did you wake up and go, "Oh wow"? Or was it was it? How how does all that work with 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 that yeah. kind of thing?
2: So like you said, they say it's mentally invasive surgery, but it's right there by the core. I mean, and they end up inserting it right there near my pelvis area. So it took my body a little bit to adjust to that. But once the pain kind of wore off, it was very, very important. And you felt um, a lot of changes. Um, You didn't feel as fatigued. You didn't feel, you really felt the transfusion of the blood just feeling actually being cycled much, much better. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, you know, I'd say within a week, I felt like, wow, I feel really, really more, much, much better, better infused. Um, and like you said, it was just an adjustment, getting used to having that extra oomph and understanding how and take care of it. Um, but all the meds, anti-rejection, the steroids, that was another science experience, just getting used to, you know, hey, I'm taking 25 different pills just to make sure my body doesn't reject the organ. Um, and that was a learning experience in itself. Getting used to that, um, being regimented, what to have—it's like introducing. It's like being a baby again, <laughs> you know. Baby steps. You're introducing certain type of foods and reacclimating your body to getting those certain type of nutrients and making sure the kidneys functioning properly. Um, they kind of do some biopsies as well to make sure the blood's going there. It's cycling and filtering the blood properly. So um, it, it's pretty amazing just going through it and uh it's a very robust experience you know you're going back to the transplant center on a weekly basis testing labs and doing that and, you know oh you had you had rejection i'm like oh my gosh It's like no it's common you know we need to tweak the medications just so much so the body takes to it best to support that a foreign substance the kidney to get acclimated to how your 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 nomenclature is
0: so, Andre, I want I want to come back to you in a minute just to, you know, we'll take it from, from that point to where you are today. But, Isaac, what about you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah so. It's tough on, on on the donor, too.
3: Well, it, I was actually very fortunate. Um, so, you know, I told this story about the beginning of July, but then leading up to it, it was just getting up in the morning and, and going. Um, and then falling asleep and, and waking up. The, the only thing, one of the things that I remember about the hospital stay was as soon as I got out um, and they took me up to the room, um, they said, all right, I want you to get up and I want you to walk over to the recliner. And I thought that they were crazy. Um, And I didn't think I'd be able to do it. Um, But, you know, slowly made my way over to the recliner. Uh, That was on that Friday night. Um, And then we were out of the hospital both he and I were out of the hospital on Monday. And I haven't had to really look back. Um I think I might have taken one pain med like on Monday night or Tuesday, maybe one pill after that. So I was able to just go down to uh extra strength Tylenol um and was able to make it through. And then two weeks later I was back at work um mowing grasses and things like that at Westfield. So it's been as seamless as it possibly could be um, for me. Um, So it was everything that I thought It was nothing more than I thought it would be. And I I could have handled a little bit more. And so it was like two weeks of discomfort, maybe two, three days of pain. And then after that, just discomfort for the next couple of weeks. And then I was able to, you know, be at home, chill and do some, uh, jigsaw puzzles and things like that Isaac, did
1: you know did you know that you were only going to lose about a half a pound of your holiday weight by removing a kidney
3: yes as a matter of fact I think I because of all the food that the referees gave me I actually we're not going to talk numbers but I did go up a little bit a little bit more than Percentage. I, I
0: I will tell you I um I got I got the the chance I mean I got to be able to use some of my uh, credentials to be able to get up and visit with you guys. Yeah. yeah, hospitals are very tough about visitation if you're non-family. So I got to use my my clergy badge, if you will.
1: Oh, not the bald guy badge that binds. Not, that not the really bald guy.
0: Didn't, that didn't work. Gotcha. Okay. Um, But I will tell you, I I was really really surprised with how great both of you looked, and <clears throat> I was really surprised how much they had you walking because. <laughs> I, I got in and they're like, Hey, you know, we're, we gotta, we gotta go. Cause I, I think I went to see Isaac first and then Andre. I said, Hey, I'm just down in Isaac's room. I'll come see you in a little bit. And Andre walks in and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, what are you doing here? And he's like, well, you know, they want us walking. And I was like, well, you know, and like I'm looking for a game to watch. <laughs> <laughs> Isaac's like, let's, let, let's go. So, you know, we, I think we took two laps. Um, yeah, so there,
3: was, there was some friendly competition as to who can walk the most. <laughs>
0: well, both of you beat me, which is not a surprise. Uh, <laughs> but I didn't go through major transplant surgery like you guys did. So, so Andre, uh, you know Isaac. <clears throat> Isaac's left. I I think you stayed a couple of extra days. of my right? After that, on Monday, I was out by Tuesday night. Okay a few more tests
2: and follow up and see what the labs look like the following morning. And uh, yeah, so Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night, I was discharged.
0: And so when you go through this, for you, there's a lot of more uh, involvement with, you know, numbers and counts and yeah. you know worried about, you know, is the kidney going to take and you had gone through a couple of uh, ups and downs with that. So can you can you kind of walk us through that and then maybe share with us where you are today and, yeah, and yeah. everybody know how you're doing?
2: Like I said, a lot of things, like they said, they're concerned about the blood pressure. They want to make sure, like you said, maybe it match, but does the body reject it? So you're looking at taking your temperature multiple times a day. You're looking at taking your BP multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the medications they give you cause you to your blood sugar to go up. So it's almost like, hey, you know what, we're going to give you insulin, not that you have diabetes, but this is a preventative tool we got to use to make sure your blood sugar stays stable to a degree, all while introducing this to your new kidney. So um, it's another education in itself. Um, I, I call myself an honorary nephrologist, as much research and understanding and things you have to do to one, stay up and realize it. And the other thing, like you said, hey, you're immunity is somewhat compromised to a degree. You think, okay, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'll just wear a mask and do this. But like some of the meds have some certain type of side effects uh, that really call for lifestyle changes. Um, you know, like you said, I have some steroids or just makes your skin sensitive to um, the light. So people are looking at you, it's 80 degrees outside, and you're wearing long sleeve uh, sleeves and a hat and covering yourself. Um, so, those type of adjustments, the chemistry that you got to get used to were, uh, very, very, very challenging. Um, I had to go back in for a few days cause I had some, some forms of rejection and, uh, they had to adjust some of the steroids to give me medically balanced. And then, uh, October I experienced another setback in a sense where I had a bacterial infection and, uh, it was spreading pretty rapidly throughout my body. Um,
1: Excuse me, you were
2: the person I was going to meet at Uh No. Oh, right. um, so it was moving pretty rapidly um, throughout my body. So I was hospitalized for another two weeks there at a concern. Um, they had to go back into the body since your immunity is so compromised. Uh, they had to go back in, treated aggressively with uh, antibiotics and other meds. And uh, pretty much you're just being monitored all the time luckily it did not impact the kidney, but it's just that extra care delicacy with the care from what it is. Um, I think, like you said, recently, like you said, they also had me do a uh, angioplasty to, uh, prevent any type of stenosis of the, uh, the, uh, artery that leads to the kidney. So basically I put a stent in and, uh, it actually helped. I mean, cause my blood pressure dropped pretty substantially. Um, Gave more and more uh, functionality as well, too. So, you know, you're just your biggest babysitter yourself. You're monitoring, you're tracking, and you're putting that, submitting that information to uh, the necessary parties that be. You just have to be extra cautious. Good news is I just got cleared to start uh, kicking up my running activities. So there is an offset chance that I might be able to come back before the playoffs. So um, hopefully Doug will be happy with that. But uh, Playoffs? Play, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Playoffs? What are, we get a game but uh that's kind of like you said that'd be a goal if everything hit those milestones to be able to get back on the court this season if possible uh not for my ego just I just love being with our brothers and sisters on the court um you know we love this game we love this community so much um even the outpour with coaches saying hey we've been thinking and praying for you and and that just means so much and it's just you know I'll tell t- t- one other coach don't give my donor buddy any crap, otherwise you have to deal with me later. So, it's hopefully, uh, they've been laying off on the court a little bit, Isaac. But uh, <laughs> and, uh, it just feels good. <laughs> well, me. hopefully, I mean, you
1: know, if the kidney had gone the other way, then we know what Isaac would be a better official. I'm not sure that's going to have the <laughs> impact on you. I,
0: I want to, um, I want to wrap this up, but I do want to uh, let Isaac have the mic for a second about. So, you know some some things that he's been looking at. There's there's uh, a bill out there, and I, I I think it's just really important for people to know that there's there's something out there for uh, donors, and uh, that we want to support that and ask that if you can just listen to what Isaac shares here, that there's uh, an opportunity maybe for you to to ping your congresswoman or congressman and and find a way to. To do that, and then we'll we'll uh, when Isaac's done, we'll we'll uh, finish up with our goodbyes on this today. So, Isaac, you want to want to talk a little bit more about this?
3: Uh, yes. Um, well, the first thing I'll say is that a lot of people come up to me and say, you know, thank you for what you did, and that was really awesome. And it was it was honestly, literally, my pleasure to be able to do this for Andre or for anybody. Um, it really. I was surprised at how easy it was to to get it done. Um, two weeks of discomfort, a couple weeks off of work, um, and you're back up and running, um, assuming that you're healthy. And fortunately I was, even though I'm getting close to 50 years old. Um, so, but the second thing um, that I became aware of um, uh, last year after the donation, I think, Uh, Virginia just recently passed a living donor protection bill. Um, However, there are no federal protections for living donors. Um, So it's been stuck in the House of Representatives and the Senate since February of 2021. So I would encourage everyone to reach out to the congressperson um, and ask them to be a co-sponsor. It's already been read on both the House and the Senate. But it's stalled in committee for whatever reason. Um, Isaac, can you
1: talk about what those protections are?
3: Yes. So uh, the the so it is a bipartisan bill. Um, there are co-sponsors, Republicans and Democrats, that are supportive of the legislation that the bill has. The first thing is that um, you cannot living donors cannot have their health insurance increased if they were to get a new policy. Um, The second thing is that uh, donors would be protected under, I think it's FMLA, um, that it is a serious health condition and that you should be able to get the time off that you are allowed to get. Um, And that would be for both, both public and private employees. I think those are the three main things. There are some other things that other states are doing, but those are the three main things. Um, Right now, it doesn't matter, but I mean, I am proud of what Virginia has done. They don't have it for the private employees um, right now. I'm a public employee, so I was able to get it, and I think that most private employees would work with you, but it's not guaranteed, and so we need that federal guarantee.
0: Yeah, Isaac, thanks for sharing that. I think, um, I mean, wow, you guys are bonded for the rest of your lives together. And, and I'm just happy to be able to witness the brotherhood that, that, that happened here. Um, Officials, uh, brothers, you know, whatever you want to, whatever you want to say, it's just, there's something, there's something different, something special. And, um, you know, Isaac, I, I, uh, when I found out that, uh, Andre's donor fell through, I went to my doctor and said, can I be a donor? And I was, I said, no, I was told no, because I'm, uh, I'm diabetic. Um, and, uh, as a, a, she said something about as a type two diabetic in your first year, you, you, you have to be under control for a certain amount of time before you can be considered. So I was out and when I heard that you were there, I was, I was thankful, um, not only that we found a donor but we found somebody as courageous as you thank you you have to go you still have to go through the process yeah and that's that's not easy that's not easy so um i thank you both i think that you know to come on today to tell this story um also takes courage but i think if if there's one person that listens to this that says wow I'm going to, I'm going to go put my name on the donor registry, or I'm going to, you know, uh, do something, get involved, call my congressman or woman, whatever, whatever it is. I think that that's, that's what we can ask for. And for the Cardinal Basketball Officials Association and your families, I just want to, uh, echo Andre's, uh, appreciation earlier. Um, thankful for all the, the outpouring of love that you showed Andre and Isaac with the the Grubhub and the Uber Eats and um, shout out to Dennis Maloney's wife, Tracy, who uh, is, uh, I think, brought Andre meals for like eight straight Sundays or something. Yeah. It's just, At my family and kids ate well. And it was just like,
2: when's Mr. Tracy coming again? I'm like, well I love you, too. But uh, <laughs> it, it was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: But uh, anyway, I want to thank both of you again, and I really appreciate what you uh, what you were able to share with us today. And and for those that may listen and um, Adam, I'm going to I'm just going to flip it over to you and let you have the last word on this.
1: Yeah, no, guys, thank you so much for sharing the story um, and your experiences. Um, Again, it just goes to the testament of the brotherhood, sisterhood of not just Cardinal basketball officials, but the basketball community in Northern Virginia, which is probably very much like other sporting communities around the country. So thank you guys again. I hope each and every one of you and your families have a Merry Christmas and a happy new year. Um, And Scott, while I might normally say, may this be the only inadvertent whistle in your day, if this is the kind of inadvertent whistle you're going to get, then I hope you have many of them throughout the day.
3: away all the pain of yesterday